Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thematic Commander. My name is Jason. I love Magic the Gathering, and I also love building themed EDH decks. On this channel, I'm going to take some of your favorite stories, TV shows, lore, game mechanics, and turn them into playable EDH decks that still tell a story. Thanks, everybody, and on to the show. Each episode is going to break down in four parts. The first part being the theme. The theme could be our favorite stories, to a TV show, to game lore, to game mechanics. Some game mechanics we might take a look at are tribal, exalted, module, uh, anything that we'd really like to focus on and bring out as the highlight of the EDH deck. The second part is going to be about how each card in the deck relates to the theme that we chose, uh, really breaking down groups of cards, and seeing how those themes play out throughout the EDH deck. Third part is going to be how the game, how the deck is going to perform in an actual game. Will this deck have enough draw? Will it have enough ramp? Will it be able to show as much as we'd like to of the theme in the deck in the gameplay? Fourth part will be mostly about finance and a little bit about how we can either make the deck cheaper or... Uh, easier just to make and play. So let's get on to the first section. This week we're going to be looking at Naya on the broken and reborn plane of Alara. The sacred anima's eyes are blind to all but the grandest truths. So this week we're going to be looking at Naya on the Shard of Alara, or sorry, we're going to be looking at Naya on the Plane of Alara, which is a shard uh, on that plane. So Alara is a plane with five different shards. Each shard is missing two types of mana that would normally be present. Alara was broken many centuries ago by uh, Nicobolus in an attempt to eventually reconverge the plane and then take the mana into himself, creating... Uh, allowing him to be the godlike being he was before the mending. Uh, the mending being something that happened on Dominaria, where they closed certain rifts and that actually stopped power from flowing through to multiple planeswalkers. But that's a different story for another time. So on Alara, the one shard we're going to take a look at is Naya. Naya is missing blue and black. So most of the inhabitants really. Uh, there's not a lot of scheming or conniving or backstabbing and also not a huge pursuit of knowledge. For the most part, the inhabitants live not peacefully, but they live happy, energetic lives with a lot of passion. We're going to start with the humans first. So the humans on this plane live on the jungle floor, uh, roaming around for the most part and a lot of competition between between humans, or what you start to see happening towards the middle of the Alara storyline is humans are starting to make settlements, permanent settlements, instead of being these roaming groups anymore, uh, trying to take some of the pack beasts and some of the animals of the area and uh, domesticate them. Now, on the second level, you have the elves who live on the canopies and in the in the upper parts of the jungle. Now they're more connected to the land and more connected to the beasts. 
who they consider godsires and behemoths. The belief that the elves have on Naya are that Progenitus, the world soul of this plane, uh, sleeps underneath Naya. And any of the gargantuans and the godsire and the giant beasts that roam Naya are actually just manifestations of Progenitus. So they'll actually use the gargantuans to predict what they think Progenitus means uh, by their movements, by their battles, by uh, who they crushed for that day. Uh, They also watch closely the geysers and the volcanic activity on the plane to interpret what Progenitus wants. The leader of the Naya elves is the, the anima, and the current anima Anima, the current anima, is Mael. So Mael the anima is actually a magic card and is actually the leader of our EDH deck for today. I'll read her out real quick. I won't go over as many mana pips and uh, reading out of each card individually as I did last time. I thought that was a little much. But Mael the anima is red, green, white, legendary creature, elf, shaman, three, red, green, white, tap, Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a creature card with power five or greater from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest of the cards on the bottom of your library in any order. The sacred anima's eyes are blind to all but the grandest truth. She's a 2-3. So she's summoning, she basically summons uh, giant creatures, the giant creatures of the world, to come and fight by their side. The one last race that I'd want to talk about are the Nakatl. The Nakatl on this plane were actually the most civilized culture uh, before the elves started to take over more. Or having an empire of the clouds and the strictures of the coil. Coil being basically a code of guidelines to live by and a morality to live by. Uh, The Nakatl are cat people. Uh, As we can see from a Johnny Goldmane and Marisi is also another Nakatl from Naya. Uh, What happened long ago to actually caused kind of the downfall of the Nakatl on this shard was there was a civil war that broke out between uh, Marisi's wild Nakatl and the Nakatl of the Coil or the uh, Nakatl of the Clouds. So Marisi ended up destroying the Coil as from his card. That started to lead to the downfall of the Nakatl. So that's why you see the wild Nakatl, which are basically Marisi's Nakatl and the Cloud Nakatl are so divided. So Johnny Goldmane and his brother Jazal Goldmane uh, were all were both part of the same pride. Uh, Jazal Goldmane was the leader of the pride with Johnny at his side. Uh, Jazal ended up dying to one of his one of the shamans inside of his pride, uh, being tricked by Marisi, who we find out is still was still alive even after bre- the breaking of the coil, which happened uh, a couple hundred years before Johnny and. Uh, Jazal were born. Uh, he, she was tricked into killing Jazal, and Johnny was blamed for it and became uh, an outcast to the tribe. Uh, Johnny goes on throughout the rest of the storyline on Alara uh, to end up facing down Planeswalker that uh, broke the world in the first place, which would be Nicol Bolas. <laughs> As we always know, Nicol Bolas is always to blame. What really caught my eye about Naya. It was one of the first sets that I started playing more competitively in. It was also the the Wild Nakatl really 
really spoke to me just in the the art style and the the aesthetic behind it. Naya, uh, with their giant beast, I would like to say is probably the Ikoria before the Ikoria, where you have these giant beasts roaming the land, five fives coming out and crushing your opponents. That's what I always really liked about it. Godsire, the card, just also being this titanic creature that just makes more of itself. And Mael being this beautiful uh, depiction of an elf surrounded by, by white clove flowers, uh, which actually was part of a ritual that she had to go through um, to become anima, was she had to blind herself. Called, she had to go through a ritual called the white clover gaze, which ended up blinding her, but giving her greater sight into the insight into the world uh, and being al- and allowing her to read uh, the movements of the of the beasts and of progenitus. Uh, with that, we're going to be going on to uh, section two. See, the land itself raises an altar to the ascendancy of nature. So I've broken this part down into sections. The first, the first sections we're going to be talking about are the inhabitants of Naya, which would be the Nakata War Prides and the Leiden Prides, the elves, the Cillian elves that live on the plain, a few humans, not a whole lot of humans that are... I believe are good enough to play in the deck. Then the godsires, the giant creatures that roam the earth, or that roam Naya. Then we'll have uh, the jungle and some of our ramp package here as well. Then some some story notes, some highlights that happen within Naya or that involve Naya uh, characters. And then Naya-inspired cards. These are some cards that aren't strictly from Naya, but I think reflect Naya well enough to be included in the deck and to round out our package. Uh, then we have the land section, which I'll go over. Uh, a lot a lot of them are going to be really just depicting uh, jungle scenes. So to start with Nakatl, the Nakatl theme in the deck. So we have we have two versions of a Johnny. We have a Johnny Vengeant and a Johnny uh, Caller of the Pride. Two things notable about these cards... Uh, Johnny Goldmane is originally from Alara. Uh, this is where he was born and raised. Uh, he, he actually sparked here, too. Uh, then we have his brother, Jazal Goldmane. This one you might not know as well. It's two white-white legendary creature cat warrior, first strike. It has an act- He has an activated ability of three white-white attacking creatures you control. Get plus, at- plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Uh, and then he's also a 4-4. He was the leader of the pride that Ajani was in. He's also Johnny's brother. His ability is kind of is kind of similar to Titanic Ultimatum, which is also another Naya card. Uh, I'll read that because it's actually part of this as well, depicting two wi- or two wild Nakatl, uh going into battle. So uh, Titanic Ultimatum is red, 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 green. Red, red, green, 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 white, white, sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus five, plus five, gain first strike, lifelink, and trample until end of turn. So being able to buff the pride and then get them in there is kind of the same ability as Gis- Gisal Goldmane. 
Next, we have some Ajani-themed cards in uh, Ajani's mantra. One in a white. At the beginning of your upkeep, you gain one life. So this is more of a depiction of Ajani after uh, his him becoming Ajani Vengeant. So after he realizes that vengeance really isn't what he wants or what's good for him, Ajani's mantra is a little bit more after that. Then one one last legendary creature in the in this section is Marisi Breaker of the Coil. Uh, Marisi, like we said, was one of the rebel slash leader of the wild Nakadal. Uh, Marisi is the one that broke the coil, the structure that all Cloud Nakadal had lived by. Even in his flavor text, saying "cast off the law." Awaken your rage. So maybe more of a red-centric uh, Nakadal, whereas we see most of the other Nakadal are either white or green. So for the Quisali, uh, one of the prides that roam Naya. So we have Quisali Ambusher. Uh, Quisali Ambusher is a 2-3 reach. If a creature is attacking you and you control a forest and a plains, you may... You may play Quasali Ambusher without paying its mana cost uh, as though it had flash. It's a normally a one green-white. One green-white. Quasali Pride Mage. Quasali Line Slinger. Quasali Line Slinger is really good for the single fact that whenever Quasali Line Slinger or another cat enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact or enchantment. It's a 3-5 five for 5. Then we have our Leonin, Leonin. Then we have our Leonin cards in Leonin Vanguard. Uh, it's a 1-white. One 1-1 one, one, one. at the beginning of your at the beginning of your combat turn. If you control three or more creatures, uh, it gets plus one, plus one, and gains and you gain one life. There's a little bit of a life gain theme. Uh, Leonin War Leader. Two white white four four. Whenever Leonin War Leader attacks, create two one one white creature tokens with lifelink tapped and attacking. And then we have uh, Stalking Leonin, which is a little bit off flavor because I don't ever really remember any of the Leonin having uh, body armor. But this could also be a depiction after uh, Naya merges with the rest of the planes, and it could be a depiction of a Leonin. Uh, that is kind of sided more with Bant. Then we have Wild Nakadal. Wild Nakadal, uh depiction of a Marisi Nakadal, as well as Nakadal War Pride. Uh, Nakadal War Pride is a little bit of an older card. It's it's three green, 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 three, three. Nakadal War Pride must be blocked by exactly one creature if able. When Nakadal War Pride attacks. Put X tokens into play tapped and attacking that are copies of Nakadal War Pride, where X is the number of creature, creatures defending player controls. Remove those tokens from the game at end of turn. So Nakadal War Pride can be this semi-wrath in the deck, whereas when you attack with it, and if, say, they have a bunch of 1-1 tokens with no buffs, uh, it creates all these copies of it, and it all they all have to block one of... Nakata War Pride each, so it could clear out a bunch of tokens if you need to. And then for a Nakata, or a, um, and then for a Nakata 
inspired card, uh, Soul's Majesty, four green sorcery, draw cards equal to the power of target creature you control. Uh, it, if they do kill the creature beforehand, you do lose that, but we do have some pretty big creatures in this deck. So now for the elves, uh, we have Keeper of Progenitus, three and a green, uh, Elf Druid, whenever a player taps a mountain, forest, or plains for mana, that player adds one mana to his or her mana pool of any type that land produces. It's a 3-1. Siselum Godspeaker, 2 and a green. Elf Druid, tap, reveal any number of creature cards with power 5 or greater from your hand. Add one green to your mana pool for each card revealed this way. So it's a, it's a metal worker, but in green, it's a 2-2. Wall of Reverence, depicting a... A elven spirit. It's a spirit wall protecting uh, a part of their treetop village. It's a 1-6 defending flyer. At the beginning of your end step, you may gain life equal to the power of target creature you control. 3-4. Uh, then two two elves that aren't from strictly from Naya, but are generic enough that I believe could fit into it. Uh, Arbor Elf, 1 green, untapped target forest, and it's a 1-1. One, one. And then Elvish Mystic, uh, just one green, one one, tap to add one green. And then we have our last elf being Behemoth Herder, one green, one one, tap two and a green, tap, sacrifice a red creature, a green creature, and a white creature. Search your library for a card named Godsire, put it into play, then shuffle your library. Now on to our massive section of humans, which is just one. Uh, drum hunter, three and a green, human druid warrior. At the beginning of your end step, if you control a creature with power five or greater, you draw a card, uh, taps to add one colorless to your mana pool. It's a two-two. So that was our human section. Now on to god sires. So the giant beasts that roam this world. So we have cliff cliff runner behemoth, three and a green, rhino beast. It has haste as long as you control a red permanent. It has lifelink as long as you control a white permanent. It's a 5-3. Godsire, 4, red, green, green, white, 8-8, eight, eight, vigilance. Tap to put an 8-8 eight, eight beast creature token into play that is red, green, and white. Megaloth, 3, red, green, white, 6-6, six, six, vigilance trample. When Megaloth blocks a creature, Megaloth deals damage to... To that creature's controller equal to its power. We have Naya's Soul Beast. So this is kind of the manifestation of Naya in specific, or specifically. Six green green trample. When it enters the battlefield, each player reveals the top card of his or her library. And Naya Soul Beast enters the battlefield with X plus, plus, plus one counters on it. Where X is the total converted mana cost of all cards revealed. So kind of a... Kind of an iffy card, but it is very much Naya themed, so peel off. Four green green beast. Whenever another creature with power five or greater comes into play under your control, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. It's a five five. Then we have Realm Razor. Uh, Realm Razor was also one of my favorite cards when this set first came out. So three red green white, four two. So it doesn't get hit by Mael, but. When it comes into play, you remove all lands from the game. Uh, when it leaves play, you return all lands from the game uh, under their owner's controllers. Tapped. Spearbreaker Behemoth. Five green green. It's indestructible. You can pay one 
and give target creature with power 5 or greater indestructible. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Spellbreaker Behemoth is more after the conflicts has already happened and all of the shards have started to converge. It actually depicts a Naya beast roaming through an Esper village or Esper town or city, basically. Uh, it can't be countered. And creature spells you control with power 5 or greater cannot be countered. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Then we have Arella of the Mist. Now, this is a legendary creature from Naya. I don't believe it has a whole lot in the storyline. Uh, it's a two... It's two red, green, white. It can't be targeted by spells or abilities your opponents control, so it has hexproof. And it gets plus two, plus two for each aura attached to it. We don't have a huge aura theme in the deck. There wasn't a lot of auras in Naya to begin with, so that's just kind of how that is. And then Wooly Thoktar. Wooly Thoktar is straight Naya, red, green, white, 5-4. Kind of the medium creature of the entire Naya set, but a very Naya-themed card. Now for a few creatures that aren't strictly from Naya, but I think would fit really well into Naya. Hydra Omnivore. Four green green Hydra. Whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to a opponent, it deals that much damage to each opponent. It's an 8-8. Uh, just a giant creature that's ready to eat anything. Just coming through, uh, beating up whoever it can. <laughs> Soul of the Harvest. Four green green Elemental. Trample. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. It's a 6-6. Terracidon. Uh, Terracidon is 6 green green, 9 9. When it enters the battlefield, you may destroy up to 3 target non-creature permanents. For each permanent put into the graveyard, this way you create a 3 3 elephant token. And then Vigor, 3 green green green, 6 6 trampler. If damage would be dealt to another creature, or to another creature you control, prevent that damage, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on that creature for each one damage prevented this way. When Vigor is put into the graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it back into your library. One more Naya-themed card is Retaliator Griffin. Flying Griffin, 2-2. When a source an opponent controls deals damage to you, you may put that many plus one, plus one counters on Retaliator Griffin. Uh, It just keeps getting bigger every time people hit you. One non-creature Godsire card that I believe fits into this theme is Colossal Might, two and a green. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control uh, a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. Some non-creature cards that I believe depict Naya really well, uh, or and the Behemoth there, or Behemoth Sludge, is one green-white. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. It has lifelink and trample. Equips are three. Also from Naya. And or Sigil of the Nyan Gods, one green-white, enchanted creature. Now this is an aura that we'll actually be able to maybe equip to Uro. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each creature you control. It has cycling for uh, green-white. And then Colossal Might, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. Now for a few of the Heart of Naya cards in Naya Charm and Where Ancients Tread, Where Ancients Tread being where the giant behemoths come through and deal damage. So where ancients, where ancients tread is four and a red enchantment. Whenever a creature with power five or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you may have where ancients tread deal five damage to any target. For some story note cards that were 
Naya themed. We have Relic of Progenitus. Relic of Progenitus being where Mael would go to start communing with Progenitus, who was asleep on this world. Mael's Aria. So Mael's Aria is really a depiction of Mael communing with Progenitus, but it also could be the time when she actually had a vision uh, from Progenitus, quote-unquote, uh, of the conflux and the world's merging, uh, in which she started to prepare for the worlds to start to merge. We have Ajani's Last Stand. Now, Ajani's Last Stand is two white-white enchantment. Whenever a creature or planeswalker you control dies, you may have, or you may sacrifice Ajani's Last Stand. If you do, create a 4-4 white avatar creature token with flying. Whenever a spell or an ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, if you control a planes, create a 4-4 avatar flying creature token. This depicts Ajani fighting Nicol Bolas right at the end, uh, in which he creates a avatar that is able to def- defeat Nicol Bolas and send him away from the plane. And then our last story, story note card is Reborn Hope, uh, green-white sorcerer, return target multicolored card from your graveyard uh, to your hand. It's just a rebirth of Alara. Uh, This is what it's depicting with the flavor text. In darkness is kindled the fiercest hope. Or now for the jungle themed. So with the jungle theme, we have explosive vegetation. We have fertile ground, haro, nature's lore, rampant growth, trace of abundance being from Naya, and then wild growth. In this section in Naya inspired, it's a little more off flavor, uh, but I believe it can still depict Naya in and of itself. So Beast Within, uh, Birds of Paradise, Earthquake, Earthquake being more uh, the god sires coming through and uh, dealing damage to all the smaller creatures that would be in their way. Force of Vigor, Lightning Helix. Now, there's a Lightning Helix that depicts a Johnny firing out a lightning bolt out at whatever he's attacking. So Lurking Predators. Lurking Predators could be more of a depiction of uh, Jun starting to meld with Naya and the black source coming from there, uh, introducing Predators into this world that might not have had so many darker themes to it, along with Natural Order also being uh, the depiction of the natural order of things coming back into Naya uh, with Jund. Nature's Claim, or anything within Naya that's unnatural, is usually brought back into the natural order of thing of things. So then and then the last card within Naya inspired is Marath of the Wild, not necessarily from Naya, but being Naya colors and I could be it could be a depiction of Naya uh, within this world. Also a pretty strong card. And then our last section would be the lands being Canopy Vista, Cinderglade, Clifftop Retreats, uh or Clifftop Retreat. Clifftop tr- Retreat can be more of the depiction of the cloud, Nakadal, uh world, uh, them coming down from the mountains. Jungle Shrine, Naya Panorama, Rootbound Crag, Stomping Grounds, Stomping Grounds being where all the god sires would come and everything like that as well. Rootbound Crag being where the humans live uh, within the roots of the world. Sun Petal Grove uh, can be more of a depiction of the canopy where the elves live. Taiga being the uh, areas between the mountains and the forests. 
or in the jungles of Naya. Temple Garden also being the canopy where the where the elves can live. Uh, Wooded Bastion, another canop or another bastion for either humans when they started to create their their permanent settlements, or elves when they're in their canopy vistas. Or in their canopy. Wooded Foothills, also another depiction between the mountains and the f- jungles uh, separation. Windswept Heath. There are some depictions of fields in the the plain, the basic plain cards. If you go onto, if you go and look up the Naya inspired plains or the Naya inspired lands, basic lands, uh, there is some depiction of fields. So Windswept Heath could be a good depiction of that. And then we have Terramorphic Expanse. Uh, the newest art from Jumpstart uh, has a really great view of lands converging, and this could be the shards converging. And with that, onto the last or onto the third section. Do not mistake a behemoth's assistance for subservience. So in this section, we're going to see how playable the deck is. Um, Our average converted mana cost is 3.6. So on the higher side of 3, that is because also, just like before in the last deck, we do have some higher converted mana costs in 8 and 7, having 3 cards in 8 and 2 and 7. We have 9 cards that are at 3 CMC or less that ramp us in in Arbor Elf, Birds of Paradise... Elvish Mystic, Wild Growth, and the ones that we went over, and the ones that we went over in the last one. We do have a little bit of early game if we want to start attacking with Nicodle and Leading Vanguard. We have seven spot removal cards in Beast Within, Path to Exile, uh, Relic of Progenitus, Nature's Claim, Naya Charm can even be a removal spell, uh, Stalking Leoden, Lightning Helix. So a decent amount of actual spot removal if we need to take care of some uh, problem creatures. The main idea of this deck, uh, it's not like a normal Myel deck. As with a normal Myel deck, you really want to get Myel out and active as fast as possible. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of creatures, or as many creatures as a normal Myel deck would have that are CMC, or that have a power 5 or greater. We have 13 cards that can be hit by Myel. So Myel can be more of a late game, get her out, and get a little bit more card advantage from her uh, by getting out some of these, one of those 13 cards. Um, But for the most part, you're probably not going to hit it. We do have a small life game package in here with Wall of Reverence and uh, Lead in War Leader and a Johnny's Mantra, as well as a little bit of a go-wide strategy with with Jazal Goldmane. Titanic Ultimatum. When it comes to board wipes, Earthquake, I believe, is is our only or, or is our only Wrath effect, uh, which can kind of mean a lot of decks can either go wider than us or outclass this deck in a lot of ways. Overall, uh, I think the deck is more based around having a fun Naya themed deck more than having a a super consistent game plan. Uh, you can go in many different ways. It does have some powerful cards, but when it comes to really focusing on Myel and getting Myel out, 
this is a little bit lacking. There are better deck list builds for Myel, and I can have a couple links for them. I might even just show you my original build for Myel that I had foiled out. I'll post those on Twitter if you want to take a look at those. Uh, I had a foil Myel or Myel build uh, that I actually really enjoyed playing. Uh, was a probably in the seven to eight power range, maybe a little bit higher. Um, but onto the and onto the last section. Gods do not sleep soundly in the Earth's embrace. So, last section. Uh, the deck it comes in at an average of about $354. Most of that price range is for cards like Taiga and some of the shock lands. The most expensive, the most expensive non-land card is going to be Natural Order. The most expensive non-land card is Natural Order, coming in at twenty-five dollars. Uh, I think Natural Order, being such a strong card, allowing you to turn three Godsire if you want to, or turn three Terracidon, uh, can really help this deck kind of get off its game plan. Uh, but you don't have to play it uh, if you want to cut it. A lot of cards are coming in at around 4 or $5. Uh, I think that's mostly due to scarcity at the moment, being the fact that it's really hard for stores to start getting stock back in. Uh, so this price might be a little bit inflated. Uh, Myel herself is actually only $1.75. So it's not too bad. Uh, Godsire is coming in at ten ninety nine. I do think if you want to play a Naya theme deck, you do have to play Godsire. And then, thank you very much. We're going to go on to the end here. He is part of a new breed of guardian, one who embraces the best of both his world and ours. So, we're at the end. Uh, I want to thank you very much for listening again. I'm going to actually probably end up posting uh, the altars that I've gotten of Myel. I've gotten a couple altars. I'll also uh, link to where I've gotten those done if you'd like them. Uh, I'll also, like I said, I'll post in on Twitter pictures of my Myel build. I don't believe, I might still have the actual build on Architect. Uh, if I don't, that's I'll maybe try and rebuild that so you guys can take a look at that build as well. Uh, but for the most part, this Naya-themed, this Naya-inspired deck is going to be on Architect, and I'll post it in the show notes. If you have any ideas for your own decks, or if you have your own themed decks that you'd want to share with me, uh, you can always email me at wolfystar12 at gmail. You can tweet at me at wolfiemtg. Uh, you can get a hold of me. You can send me your deck lists uh, if you want to. At some point, maybe I can even go over. I can have people on and go over their theme decks if you'd like to do that. And I promise the next commander uh, will most likely be uh, Warhammer, uh, a Warhammer 40k theme deck. Uh, I know I did Naya twice in a row and both on my first and second episode, but we're not going to stick to Naya, I promise, even though how much I'd like to, because I'm probably going to build the cat and dog deck, and that'll be like my third Naya deck. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Uh, we all have our own thing that we like. We all love the, if you love the storylines, uh, we're going to have eventually have some storyline theme decks, 
and I just wanted to thank you for sticking with me. Uh, this will become all more flushed out as we go, and thank you very much, and have a great one. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Jason. I just wanted to let you know if anybody ever wants to do sound bites, uh, like the ones that were in the middle here, I used a read to me program that I found on Google, uh, but I would love to have actual human beings read this. Feel free to either tweet at me or email me at the uh, things that I gave you before. Uh, I'm going to probably need actual voiceover work for some of the magic lore or some of the uh, more obscure stories uh, because there won't be sound bites that I can pull off of YouTube or off of any kind of trailers. So feel free if you want to hear your voice on one of these casts and uh, then I can always message you as someone I can go to. All the requirements I would need is just for you to have a decent mic uh, and then I can record the audio if you'd like. So thank you so much and I hope you enjoyed the show. Bye.